You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. It's the second round of the playoffs. KD and the Suns versus the Nuggets, 76ers Celtics, Heat Knicks, and of course the Lakers Warriors LeBron versus Steph rivalry. Use our promo code BLEAVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, with the link in the description to this episode, and pick up a 50% welcome bonus on all of your bets during the NBA playoffs. Bet online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It easy podcast live on the believe podcast network except it isn't live because it is as always a podcast welcome 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 everybody it is a fantabulous thursday may 4th according to my count it may not be that according to your count but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is that you may be listening i know That it is May the 4th be with you. And because it is May the 4th be with you, also known as Star Wars Day, and this is the first year that I can celebrate this with actually knowing Star Wars lore, we're going to start off the show by taking a journey to a galaxy far, far away, as we do many, many times on this show, travel to a galaxy far, far away, known as Major League Baseball. Episode 5. The Dodger Empire Strikes Back. 
after five days of battles, a perfect 13 innings from the bullpen fleet, and help from a rally goose, Captain Juan Soto and the San Diego Resistance blew up the Holy Dodger Empire's 111-win Death Star, restoring a balance to the Force. After their incredible victory, the Resistance discovers they still have much to learn after a journey to the Dagobah system and a visit to Master Harper on the swamp planet known as Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Holy Dodger Empire grows in wealth, pillaging the backs of Diamond and Purple Rockies once more for resources. The Empire has removed Captains Trey and Justin Turner, while banishing Cody Bellinger to the north side. Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens continue spending their unprecedented resources in an attempt to maintain control of their Empire State along the eastern seaboard. In addition, Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens, along with the Holy Dodger Empire, prepare themselves for the impending arrival of Master Otani, the fabled Jedi Knight from Anaheim, who legend says has the ability to master and control both sides of the Force. Despite their successes, the Resistance is losing resources and ground, trying to compete with the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. They've fled to the backs of Diamond in order to re-coordinate their efforts for the following season. In their time of need, Captain Juan Soto enlists help from a former Resistance ally, Fernando Calrissian, also known as El Nino. The Resistance also pays a hefty price for Xander Bogart's defection from the once great Boston Empire. With the help of Captain Soto, the return of El Nino, Xander the Carpenter, Joe Musgrove, Jedi Master Manny Machado, and Supreme Closer Lord Hader, the Resistance knows this season will be their best chance to dismantle the Holy Dodger Empire once and for all. Alright, we have set the stage to talk about Major League Baseball. The Holy Dodger Empire has reset, retooled, and they find themselves stronger than ever before. I don't know if you guys followed this funny story. Last week, five players on the 2022 Dodgers went on the paternity list. Mookie Betts. Former Dodger Cody Bellinger. Broussard Gatterall. Two other players went on the paternity list at the same time. And people did the calculations to find out that 36 and a half weeks ago was the 2022 MLB All-Star Game where the Dodgers hosted. So everyone got to have the week off, stayed in their hometown, and a lot of babies were made. Five Dodgers at the same time all making babies. That's 25% or sorry, 20% of the entire team if it's a 26 man roster, that's a 20% hit rate on your entire team having babies 
at the same time. The real story I wanted to talk about, other than the Holy Dodger Empire fucking a whole lot as they wait for their rivalry against San Diego. By the way, Dodgers-Padres four-game series starts tonight. Perfect for Star Wars night since this is the battle between the Holy Dodger Empire and the Resistance in San Diego. And we're now on the Empire Strikes Back part of this story. The story I want to talk about today is in the division that we like to make fun of almost as much as the AL Central. Not quite as much as the AL Central, but we like to make fun of a lot. That's the NL Central, because baseball is now 30-some-odd games into the season, which is about 20% of your schedule, which for reference point would be about 15 games into the NBA season, about two and a half weeks into the NFL season. So while you don't get the full picture of the season, and a lot is going to change over the next few months, you do have a little bit of an idea of what's going to happen. And the thing that was jarring is that the Pittsburgh Pirates are 10 games up on the St. Louis Cardinals. The start of the season, everyone would have said the Cardinals would be 10 games up on the Pirates. Not because of anything remarkable the Cardinals are doing. I've joked for like six years now that the St. Louis Cardinals exist to win 85 to 90 games every single season and sometimes win the division where they will immediately get bounced in the wild card like they did last year. 90 games, third seed, played in the wild card, lost to the Phillies. Year before that, 86 wins, missed the playoffs. Like the Cardinals just exist to win 85 to 90 games every single season. It's basically been a guarantee ever since their last World Series 10 years ago. And this year, the Cardinals are 10 and 20. Now, it's interesting that the Cardinals are 10-20 and 20 because, and I'm, I don't know if this is causation or correlation, 17 St. Louis Cardinals played in the World Baseball Classic. More than any other team in baseball, 17 St. Louis Cardinals, including their five best players and two best pitchers, all played in the World Baseball Classic. Now, the flip side is... Other teams that sent a lot of players to the World Baseball Classic, like the Dodgers, are still first place in their division, dominating the sport. The Houston Astros lost Jose Altuve to a broken wrist during the World Baseball Classic. They're still, I think, in second place right now behind the Rangers, but still one of the three best teams in the American League. What's interesting is that the Cardinals, who happen to send the most players to the World Baseball Classic, are trash. The other interesting storyline is the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I bring up the Pittsburgh Pirates to talk about this. The Pittsburgh Pirates being best in baseball is a story that we would normally get behind because they were predicted without question to finish fourth or fifth in the National League Central and have no chance of competing for a playoff spot. And they are the best team in baseball. Andrew McCutcheon has had a career revitalization since returning to the city where he was an MVP. They should be a story that everyone rallies behind and everyone gets excited about. And the flip side of that is doing that validates an owner in Bob Nutting who for 20 years has repeatedly used the same tactics as the Oakland Athletics in the American League, which is refuse to spend money on the roster, collect the $200 million in revenue sharing guaranteed to every single Major League Baseball team, do not invest it back into the team. Put the money in your pocket. Consistently be one of the five highest revenue generating teams while having one of the five lowest payrolls in baseball. Continuously being cheap at every turn. 
trading away star players at the first opportunity you have a chance to. It is not a strategy that should lead to winning baseball and does a disservice to the team, does a disservice to the sport. And while I always enjoy talking about socialism as an economic concept, Socialism for people who are worth $1.4 billion pocketing revenue sharing dollars is absolutely despicable in a sport that is designed to protect teams from going under. If Bob Nutting didn't have that financial safety net, his team would possibly go bankrupt. Just like a lot of people who are articulating that socialism as a concept is not good for people. No, socialism provides a safety net that keeps people from going bankrupt living in poverty, all of this stuff that is despicable when done by the U.S. government exists in the private sector as well as Major League Baseball creates a socialism safety net in order for Bob Nutting, the cheap-ass owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, to be one of the highest revenue-generating teams in the sport just because he pockets money generated by the other 29 franchises. Really 28, because Oakland does the same thing. Miami Marlins have done the same thing. Lots of teams do this. The Cleveland Guardians did it and made the playoffs last year. And the problem is it works. It worked for Cleveland. It has worked in the past for Oakland. They made the playoffs three years in a row, beat the Astros in a division in 2020. They lost the Astros in the playoffs, but still beat the Astros for a division title. The Tampa Bay Rays do it smarter than everyone else while they pocket revenue-sharing money. The Tampa Bay Rays are a more admirable one because they're doing it as a competitive advantage and actually seeing the successes. And I believe last year's playoffs, half of the teams or 60% of the teams had a chief baseball decision maker who came from the Tampa Bay Rays organization because everyone wants to... Tampa changed the game in a way that even Moneyball didn't change the game and... That story is kind of more remarkable than Pittsburgh, which is just, eh, we're going to be stupid, eventually hire someone from the Astros organization, and we're going to ultimately dull a sulk in bad baseball for five seasons, and eventually we will have a magical start to a season that extends our manager and extends our general manager, and yay, we're the fun story, and we might make a playoff run this year. I mean, it's still a long way to go, but they are one of the stories in baseball right now, and I don't want Bob Nutting to get the praise and support that comes from having a baseball team in first place when he continuously betrays the city of Pittsburgh and the Pirates organization at every turn, collects social safety dollars despite the fact that he is a billionaire and that money is designed to keep teams afloat that then gets spent back into the team, which then leads to a more competitive product. And I don't like that Bob Nutting is being rewarded with a baseball team that is a fun, feel-good story, but it's hard to feel good about it when they have continuously betrayed their fan base and continuously betrayed the paying customer and people who really care about that baseball team time and time again over the last 20 seasons. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with a modern design that lets you go further and do more. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, complemented by an interior built with integrity. The Defender capability is legendary. Whether you're facing off-road challenges or harsh weather conditions, its durability has been tested to the extreme. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. 
and robust cargo capacity means more room for your gear. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Push what's possible with a vehicle made to go further. The Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender. Sometimes your cat can be a mystery, like when they get so attached to certain cardboard boxes. <laughs> but when you use Fresh Step Cat Litter, there's no question that you're making your cat happy thanks to amazing odor control. Fresh Step Clumping Cat Litters prevent stinky crumbles and make scooping easy by locking in liquid and odor immediately. That means you can keep your house clean and your bond strong. There's no mystery here. Find Fresh Step Cat Litter at a store near you. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Episode 5, The Dodger Empire Strikes Back. After five days of battles, a perfect 13 innings from the bullpen fleet, and help from a rally goose, Captain Juan Soto and the San Diego Resistance blew up the Holy Dodger Empire's 111-win Death Star, restoring a balance to the Force. After their incredible victory, the Resistance discovers they still have much to learn after a journey to the Dagobah system and a visit to Master Harper on the swamp planet known as Philadelphia. Meanwhile, the Holy Dodger Empire grows in wealth, pillaging the backs of Diamond and Purple Rockies once more for resources. The Empire has removed Captains Trey and Justin Turner while banishing Cody Bellinger to the north side. Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens continue spending their unprecedented resources in an attempt to maintain control of their Empire State along the eastern seaboard. In addition, Master Cohen and his Met Army of Queens, along with the Holy Dodger Empire, prepare themselves for the impending arrival of Master Otani, the fabled Jedi Knight from Anaheim who legend says has the ability to master and control both sides of the Force. Despite their successes, the Resistance is losing resources and ground trying to compete with the tyranny of the Holy Dodger Empire. They've fled to the backs of Diamond in order to re-coordinate their efforts for the following season. In their time of need, Captain Juan Soto enlists help from a former Resistance ally, Fernando Calrissian, also known as El Nino. The Resistance also pays a hefty price for Xander Bogart's defection from the once great Boston Empire. With the help of Captain Soto, the return of El Nino, Xander the Carpenter, Joe Musgrove, Jedi Master Manny Machado, and Supreme Closer Lord Hader, 
the Resistance knows this season will be their best chance to dismantle the Holy Dodger Empire once and for all. All right. So today I would like to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. At the end of most team seasons, we like to do eulogies. We did one for the Sacramento Kings. We've done one for the Milwaukee Bucks, the Minnesota Timberwolves, a little bit on the Cleveland Cavaliers, Brooklyn Nets, so we've uh, Atlanta Hawks. We've done a bunch of these eulogies already. Uh, we did it for the play-in teams. We did it for Portland, Utah, and Washington on the, a podcast. And so today I want to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. And it's a timely topic to discuss the Memphis Grizzlies because of Dylan Brooks. He's not going to be back for the Memphis Grizzlies under any circumstances was the wording that was used around it. I'm not going to do the demonizing Dylan Brooks stuff They've it's been done enough already. There's nothing new I could say about Dylan Brooks that hasn't already been said. What I do find interesting about the Memphis Grizzlies going into this season is Dylan Brooks not returning under any circumstances is a good parallel for where the Memphis Grizzlies are as a franchise right now because by cutting bait with Dylan Brooks, you are essentially giving yourself a clean slate on that relationship. He's going his separate ways, you're going your separate ways, clean slate. And the reason I bring this up is because the Memphis Grizzlies as a franchise have a clean slate right now. John Morant is in year one next year of his Supermax contract. So if we're talking about the financial structures of the NBA and the salary cap system, drop John Morant's Supermax contract, making up, I believe it's 30% of the salary cap for next year. John Morant takes 30% of the salary cap, drops it in. Jaron Jackson Jr. is in year two of his max extension. Well, it's not quite a max extension, but pretty close to a max extension for Jaron Jackson Jr., he's in year two of that extension. So add another 25% of your salary cap. You have two players entering their physical primes who are your two best players. John Morant is going to turn 24, which if for those who don't know, the prime age of a basketball player is somewhere between 24 and 29 years old. It's flexible depending on injuries, playing styles, etc. But for the most part, 24 to 29 is the prime of a basketball player. By the time the season tips off next year, John Morant will be starting his age 24 season. Jaron Jackson Jr. will be starting his his age 24 season. They are both the same age. John Morant is born about two months ahead of Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. is now a Defensive Player of the Year. John Morant is one of the four best players of the generation that's about to enter his prime between Luka, Anthony Edwards, Zion Williamson, 
and Trey Young and John Morant. We'll call it those five. Maybe Shy Gilgis Alexander gets in the game too. But we'll call it those five for the time being. It's Luka Doncic, John Morant, Zion Williamson, Trey Young, Anthony Edwards. The Memphis Grizzlies have their two stars under contract for four seasons with 55% of their salary cap allocated to those two players, which is not a terrible deal. If both of them were super max players, it would be about 60% of the salary cap to those two players. So 55% is not terrible for a defensive player of the year and a player who's made All-NBA twice by the age of 24. After that, Memphis has a completely clean slate. And if you listen to the podcast that we did on Monday about the Milwaukee Bucks, how the Milwaukee Bucks have been all in for five seasons, have kept the exact same roster together, and now have used all of their money, all of their draft picks, and their only last all-in move is to trade either Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday for a player better than Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, which comes with a lot of risk because you could trade for a bad fit like Russell Westbrook with the Lakers. They don't really have any more recourse to improve the roster, and this would normally be the time in the prime or the exiting prime of an NBA superstar. This would normally be the time that Giannis Antetokounmpo looks at his options and sees if he can go to another team that gives him a better chance of winning a championship. Kevin Durant did that. Russell Westbrook did that. Paul George did that. James Harden did that. But Giannis wants to stay with the Milwaukee Bucks, and so the Milwaukee Bucks will probably not be able to continue supporting him with a championship-caliber roster going into the future, and they will probably be a team whose peak is making the conference finals as they go forward because they just their, their roster got old. They didn't reinvent themselves, and they had no recourse to get younger or trade for new, younger players. The Memphis Grizzlies are at the very beginning of their win-now window. I know the quote by Draymond Green was going around like the dynasty starts after you with Dylan Brooks, and that is now true. He is the the quote-unquote Eric Bledsoe of the Milwaukee Bucks playoff run, which was the championship window for the Bucks began as soon as they traded Eric Bledsoe and three first-round picks and a pick swap. I, I think it was two pick swaps. They traded Eric Bledsoe, three first-round picks, and two pick swaps for Drew Holiday. Once they made that trade, the window started. Memphis is in that exact same position. They have a blank canvas with which to build their roster around John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Steven Adams, who most people couldn't fathom the Grizzlies surviving without Steven Adams, and it actually ended up coming true at the end. Steven Adams only has one year left on his contract making $17 million. That's the easiest contract in the world to move. If they Not only like if you want a player better than Steven Adams, if you want financial flexibility, if you want to package him in a deal for a player better than Steven Adams, easiest contract in the world to move. One year, $17 million for a player who's still productive. Easiest contract in the world to trade. Steven Adams is going to be back next year. Desmond Bain is still on a rookie contract for one more season. He'll probably get an extension this offseason, but that contract won't go into effect until 2025. So they've got financial flexibility all across the board here. Brandon Clark got an extension that 
he slides into the Steven Adams role, only making, uh, I believe it's like $14 million a year. Uh, I know he's recovering from the torn Achilles, so he probably won't be back until 2025 too. Um, but Brandon Clark is still under contract for the Grizzlies at a reasonable price for the next five seasons. I mean, he's yeah, four-year, $50 million extension. So he's making $12.5 million a year every year for the next four seasons. And Brandon Clark is probably going to be a contributing player over the coming seasons for the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, he doesn't go up or down or anything like that. He only makes up... 10% of their salary cap. It's actually a really good deal for the production that Brandon Clark gives them for someone who's probably going to slide into the starting lineup sometime in the near future. So they have Brandon Clark, and if push comes to shove, they can trade and package Brandon Clark for a player better. They have tons of financial flexibility going forward. Combined with the fact that their next four best players after the four who we know are for sure going to be on the roster, which is John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr., Brandon Clark and Desmond Bain after those four and then you've got the one-year deal on Steven Adams so after those five the rest of their best players are all rookie contract players Zaire Williams rookie contract player Jake LaRavia first round pick last year David Roddy who got minutes down the stretch in the playoffs he's on a rookie contract John Conkar is on a rookie contract they uh, Even Kenny Lofton Jr., who just got promoted from the G League team and might end up being a contributor next season. Like All of their players are on rookie contracts. They have financial flexibility abound with John ja Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. under contract for four seasons. They also have every single one of their first-round picks for the next eight seasons. The Memphis Grizzlies also have the Golden State Warriors' first-round pick in 2024 they also have three second round picks in 2023 and remember at the trade deadline last year because all of the first round picks are clustered amongst the same five or six teams now between Oklahoma City and Houston and San Antonio uh, uh, even Brooklyn's got half of Phoenix's draft capital now like because all the draft picks are clustered amongst a handful of teams second round picks have more value than ever before it's why all these teams were swapping second round picks during the trade deadline this past year they've got three second round picks in next year's draft They have two first-round picks in 2024, and they have every single one of their first-round picks into perpetuity. They have all of the financial flexibility. They have all of their draft picks. And they have two star players entering their primes under contract for the next four seasons. That's a team that Giannis... Embiid, a star player exiting their prime, would want to play for. And they have the ability to make it happen. Memphis should be waiting for the quote-unquote white whale to come available, and that being the trade that they will go all in for. I don't know who that player is. I wouldn't even consider Damian Lillard at this stage of his career to be that player. I don't know who that player is that would come available, that they would trade multiple draft picks, multiple young players for. But Memphis has 
a blank canvas with which to work around John ja Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Desmond Bain will probably get a max extension that will chip into some of that financial flexibility. Desmond Bain, while a very good player, is also the kind of player that is the package deal for a star player or an all-star. Desmond Bain, I, I've joked about this for years, Desmond Bain is the kind of player who, and I said this about Jaron Jackson Jr. as well, and Jaron Jackson Jr. now might be exceeding that because of what he does on the defensive end of the floor. Desmond Bain, as your third best player, is now the piece that you package in order to get a player better than Desmond Bain. I don't know if that's Zach Levine. I don't know if that's... Uh, I'm trying to think of another player here. I don't know if that's Trey Young. I just know Trey Young's available. I don't. I would probably go for an older player than Trey Young. I don't know if that's uh, Paul George. Like I don't know who the player is that they go out and get, but Desmond Bain is the piece that you use in order to get a player better than Desmond Bain. And this is so fascinating from the Grizzly standpoint because they have a blank canvas with which to build a contender for the next three seasons. They've been the number two seed in the Western Conference for two consecutive seasons now. Yes, they have not had the playoff success that one might expect, and part of that might be because of John Morant injuries at the end of the Warriors series in 2022 and the beginning of the Lakers series in 2021. I think the Grizzlies, and by the way, everything that happened with John Morant back in his nine-game suspension, which I put suspension in air quotes, like back with his nine-game suspension earlier in the season, like you could point to everything happening with the Memphis Grizzlies and say that is a team on the verge of imploding. And in reality, the Memphis Grizzlies supported their superstar while also threading the line between looking out for his well-being and also employing him and needing him to be out on the floor. And John Morant came back before the playoffs rolled around, rehabilitated or not, as you might describe it, is besides the point. Like the Memphis Grizzlies were going to support him to a certain extent because it it becomes a fine line of how do we support our star while also having this contractual employment where he needs to play in the playoffs. And they threaded the line, I think, as well as they probably could have. John Morant doesn't leave the situation feeling not supported by the franchise or the city, so I think they navigated the waters on that. Whether John Morant has a real problem with actually the risk of being killed or the risk of being shot on the street in Memphis, like whatever the point may be, we don't know because the story basically disappeared after those two weeks where everything kind of died out. The The Grizzlies have, from a, from a cynical PR standpoint, the Grizzlies have weathered that storm and now see themselves with a blank canvas with which to work with a former coach of the year, 24-year-old superstar, 24-year-old all-star and defensive player of the year, under contract for four seasons, all of the financial flexibility in the world, all of the draft picks available, and if a superstar player were to come available, the ability to trade players and picks in order to acquire another superstar to pair with their young superstar of John Morant. If you could guarantee me that John Morant is going to be the second best player they could compete tomorrow for a championship. If you could tell me Jer- uh, John Morant's going to be the second best player on his team, they could compete for a championship tomorrow. Now, how they get that player better than John Morant, because there's only 
eight players in the league better than John Morant? I don't know. Maybe they get a player who is better than Jaron Jackson Jr., or maybe they get a third-best player significantly better than Desmond Bain. Whatever they choose to do, they have a blank canvas with which to work with, and it's going to be interesting to see how they proceed with a blank canvas available at their disposal. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are in the spirit of the Draymond Green quote, the Memphis Grizzlies are entering their prime once Dylan Brooks leaves. And it's not specifically Dylan Brooks being the reason why the window is opening. It's just correlation versus causation. Dylan Brooks leaving does not cause the window to open. Dylan Brooks leaving correlates with the window opening for the Memphis Grizzlies. This is their third playoff run now. And the Memphis Grizzlies find themselves in a position where they are going to start entering win-now mode, which means parting with that financial flexibility and potentially going into the luxury tax, trading those future draft picks, including the Warriors' first-round pick that they have in 2024. So they've got a bonus first-round pick with which to deal in addition to other teams. And potentially, if it gets to that point, dealing one of their two stars in order to trade for a superstar better than one of their two stars. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We've got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as Wired Up on Sundays. Make sure to leave a five-star review, a download. We'll have one more episode coming out this week. Maybe we'll even talk about the Philadelphia 76ers losing by 30 to the Boston Celtics, despite the fact that they got Joel Embiid back for Game 2 of that series. Maybe we'll be breaking that down later on the show tomorrow. We'll see. I'm not actually sure what we're going to do on the show tomorrow. I've got a full eight-hour shift doing live sports talk radio in Sacramento this week, so we'll come back tomorrow, reconvene, and see what the story of the day is. We'll see. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, take it easy. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.